0: I was in my early 20s, and I thought, you know what? I could actually do this. I could actually become a magician. And I committed to that. And I've never had another job. I've never done anything else. I've only performed and done magic. And that was, I think, defined, well, it has it's defined my whole life. And I think that it was a positive shift uh, for me, and
1: it worked out. I'm Brian Kramer. I believe that one of the most valuable gifts you can give yourself is making smaller shifts. It's the small shifts in our lives that can create epic outcomes. Your journey to be more deeply connected into the life you truly deserve starts right now. Welcome to Humanly Possible, a podcast focused on small shifts that can make epic differences in our lives and at work, I'd love to introduce our guest who's someone I admire and have honored, so honored to have on the show. Alex Ramon has mesmerized millions around the world with his magic, which has been described as mystifying by the New York Times and mind-bending by the Los Angeles Times. And for over two years, Alex headlined his show, Illusion Fusion. That sounds mystical. (laughs) And at the Horizon Resort Casino in South Lake Tahoe is where he had the show his show became the number one attraction in tahoe on both yelp and TripAdvisor. not only that alex is a recipient of the milburn hopefully i said that right christopher illusionist award becoming one of 20 magicians in the history of history with this with this recognition he was the magical zing master for ringling brothers and barnum and bailey circus remember them and is the first magician to be the star of the greatest show on earth Alex toured the globe as the star of Disney Live Mickey's Magic Show, performing on four continents in 14 countries. And at 18, this is this is really cool. I I know this award and I've seen people receive it, and it is a big award. At 18, Alex received the coveted Lance Burton Award and was named National Stage Magic Champion by the World Magic Seminar in Las Vegas. Finally, and not 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 just to say that there isn't more stuff, but he's been seen on Penn and Teller's "Fool Us," has made Whoopi Goldberg levitate, and is a Grammy Award winning. Has worked with the Grammy Award winner Taylor Swift, creating a piece of magic featured in her groundbreaking premiere of "Blank Space" on the American Music Awards. I could keep going on, but Alex, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you very much. I didn't realize you were going to read all that. I mean, I guess I guess I need to cut it down. It's like. (laughs) But hey, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I want everybody to, that, that doesn't know you to know you in the full you. So let's get right, right into it. Um, I want to hear from you. Uh, what is one small shift that you have made in your life that ended up becoming kind of bigger than you ever thought it would be?
0: Well, I think just the fact that I committed to doing magic, right? Because magic for me as a teenager was a hobby. And I was a little naive to realize that you could be a magician and have a career that way. I didn't really know that. I, was, I just thought, oh, this is a hobby and I did tricks. And then someone asked me, would you, you know, do magic at my party? How much do you charge? And I was like, uh, I don't know, uh, 20 bucks. You know? And it was, I was kind of naive to it. So um, when I was, it wasn't until I was already on tour with Disney, I had already received these awards that I was in my early 20s and I thought, you know what, I could actually do this. I could actually become a magician. And I committed to that. And I've never had another job. I've never done anything else. I've only performed and done magic. And um, that was, I think, defined, well, it has defined my whole life. And I think that it was a positive shift uh, for me.
1: And it worked out. And it certainly did work out. Um, And I'd love to know also, you were talking about... How um, that took off for you? What got you into magic? How did you just even decide to start like doing this thing?
0: Oh, yeah. So I had never seen a magic show, um, but my dad's coworker knew some magic tricks and card tricks. And I went to work with my dad. My dad said, Hey, show him a card trick. And this guy showed me a card trick. And, you know, it's interesting because, you know, when you're five, you, everything's magic. Five to seven, everything's magic. It's, it's amazing. And you're When you're about 10, you have this attitude of like, I know how you did it, even if you don't know, right? But then at like 13, you realize, okay, that's not magic. And I don't know how you did that. And you shouldn't be able to do that. And like the guy took a napkin, crumpled it into a ball, put it into my hand, told me to wiggle my fingers over it. And it started floating around and moving around in my hand. And I just, thought i was dreaming i was like this is impossible and i just said how did you i have to know i have to know how did you do this and uh, my dad bought me a magic book and that kind of was the spark and then that carried on from you know end of junior high through high school i was starting to do shows but again it was never like i want to be a magician this is my career this is my job i was just something that i did and i made money on the side so i was like oh cool that's awesome but then it wasn't until I was in these professional productions that I realized, Oh, I'm, I'm actually in show business. Like this is actually what I do. And, uh, it was, uh, it was exciting to, to have that light bulb hit.
1: You know, um, my dad, growing up, my dad was, uh, heavily into magic and, uh, he took both my brother and I alternating years to the magic, um, national show. I can't remember the name of it where they, uh, they, you know, have the showcase of of. I'm sh- and I'm sure you've probably been on stage. It's probably it's magic. And um, I saw a guy there. It must have been like ten. And I saw a guy, and he was just having this little little silver uh, cylinder floating in between his hands yeah. while he was doing this thing. And I was like, "That's awesome!" <laughs> <laughs> and he's just standing like right in front of me. And I was like, I. I got to know how that's done. And, and then, you know, we didn't have YouTube back then. So you can't just YouTube it and figure that stuff out. Um, What is magic to you? Uh, What is, what is, um, yeah. What is magic? Ah, That's such an
0: interesting question because there are many, many definitions that, that you can use for what that means. Now, what is it actually like the actual denotation or is it, what is it for me uh personally right um for me what magic is is you're giving another person an experience that they will remember as a positive experience for the rest of their lives and it could be a just a a sense of wonder it could be a Sense of emotion and and connection. I mean, it's really, it's connecting with people ultimately. That's what's magical. And it's that feeling. And I mean, everybody experiences it a little bit different. Some people watch magic shows and they're challenged by it because it's a, um, you know, more like a puzzle. But in any way, I can just only speak on the thousands of people that I've performed for in the last six months or the millions of people that I've performed for throughout my career. And every single one um, is it has something in common. And what it is, it's my favorite sound, which is the sound of a smile. And it's not laughter. Laughter is different. And you can hear a smile and you see it and you hear it and you just feel that. And for me, that's what's magic. And in the now virtual... In the virtual world and the digital platform, when I do virtual shows, I can't hear everyone. So I can no longer hear the laughter. I can no longer hear applause, but I can see it. And when I see them smiling or their eyes light up, I know what that sounds like. And that is, uh, to me, that's what's magic. Even the, even though we're not even in the same
1: room, connecting with somebody in that way is is amazing. Wow. I don't think I've heard that before. Um, that is so the sound of a smile. Yeah. When you are performing magic, where does where does your energy come from and how do you how do you create this experience? Where do you tap into to look at how to create an experience that people will remember? Gratitude? Mm. Easy.
0: I'm I am grateful for every single person that gives me their attention to even be able to show them a magic trick. And The fact that people will buy tickets, they'll wait in line, they'll book me, they'll plan an event or a day around getting to watch me as an entertainer, there is nothing that's more respectable than that like how do you you know you can't take that for granted the 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 biggest commodity in the world is people's attention right like that's what it is that's what we all want and um and i just am so grateful that people give me their attention people are interested in giving me their attention and uh people pay have paid to give me their <laughs> attention and i just every single show and i thankful just like, thank you, thank you for letting me do this. Um, There's actually a great story. Um, A really famous magician named Howard Thurston, who was a contemporary of Harry Houdini. uh, And truth be told, in their day, back in the teens and the 20s, he was the more famous magician than Houdini. And so anyhow, he would always, the story goes, he would always, before every show, stand behind the curtain and just say, thank you for coming to my magic show. Thank you for coming to my magic show. And I almost adopted the same kind of thing is that I'm backstage. I don't go behind the curtain and make it kind of formal like that, but I've always have that. Thank you. Um, and when I say good night it's that same thing, and I think that that genuineness and, and the actual um, um, honesty and translates to the audience and they can pick that up. And I think, I think that's where my enthusiasm comes from. And enthusiasm is contagious, right? So, like, they feed off it, and they know that it's like, oh, this guy really it means this, and uh, and that's 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 I think it's the, it's the way that fuels my energy.
1: Mm. You know, what I love about that is you know, what you're describing is authenticity through connection, and how to get that across, especially right now. How do you get that across over? zoom and you're you are this you know uh experiential performer creating creating that connection through zoom i've had the pleasure of seeing you a couple times now on both um you know for your shows and you have this knack for reaching through the screen and 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 shaking them a little bit and saying hey look at this this is going to be cool how do you how do you approach that well, definitely,
0: you know, over the last few months, um, that we've been in, you know, this whole shelter in place mode and, uh, social distancing mode. Um, that shift went from live in person shows to now these virtual shows. And I think it's a misnomer that so many people in, in the entertainment world have said, Oh, I like live shows. I don't want to do virtual shows. And it's like, no, no, you know, you be careful with your words. The virtual shows are live shows. They're just not in-person. So we're talking about in-person live or live, which could be virtual. And so to answer the question, I have found that the virtual shows have become more personal and more intimate than any show I've done in-person live. And the reason is because all of the audience members are in a space where they are most comfortable, which means they're most vulnerable which means that they can actually truly react in their favorite way or or the most natural way not favorite way it might be not good the most natural way because even when you're in a theater and you're maybe in a small theater you don't want to be the one to clap too loud or go whoa or, because there's other people and that's why actually large crowds people don't feel like there are any, you know, one person, they feel like, oh, they fit into the crowd. So they will be more louder. There's more excitement when there's large crowds. Why? Because not any one person feels like, you know, everybody's watching them or if they laugh too loud, everybody's going to look at them or whatever. And so, but in the, in the virtual shows, what happens is, is everybody's sitting on their couch. This is where they spend a lot of their time. They're in their bedroom. They're sitting in the kitchen. They're with their dog. They're petting there. And they're just experiencing the show in the most natural possible way. They can. And now the difference is, and people have been doing this for years with live television. The difference is, it was only one way. And the virtual world, it's now two ways. Now I can actually see them. And I'm streaming from my home studio. And I say this, I said, you know, I was nervous at first. I really was. I was nervous. I'm like, I'm performing for cameras. You guys are watching a screen. Was a connection going to be lost? And no, a new connection is made. It's not any worse or better than a live in person event it's just a new connection and people can relate to that and i feel that if you're genuine and if you're authentic it doesn't matter in which medium i mean here we're doing a podcast your this podcast connects with people and they're just listening to it so in every situation if the presenter is authentic and he means what he's saying and the listener is interested in what they're saying they're going to get value and they're going to get a connection out of that. It doesn't matter what the medium is.
1: Yeah, I love you're speaking my language. Connection is the purest form of of humanity, and that's my uh, that's my favorite topic. So this this is certainly becoming one of my favorite podcasts already. Um, and so I'm curious too, as you're looking at that kind of connection, you've built experiences, well for uh, floating Whoopi Goldberg and 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 creating a. Uh, uh, a, a rose that that burst into fire for um, uh, Taylor. Uh, yeah, Taylor Swift. Swift. And yeah. you're as you're looking at those kinds of experiences, or really any. How do you approach just the initial idea of how am I going to create something that's going to reach out and grab people?
0: Yeah. So with Taylor. Um, <laughs> That was really interesting. So they had asked me to consult the production. Uh, Taylor's team, the production team, reached out to me and they said, "Hey, your 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 style and your vibe fit with what we're doing here with Taylor's album and and the song, and it works. So, are you able to create something for us?" And I said, "Sure. What is what are you? What's the premise?" And they said, "Well, we want something with a rose, and that's it." I said, what song? They're like, we don't want to tell you the song. I go, well, what do you mean you don't want to tell me the song? And so they kind of were dancing around. And so I had to go, okay, let's hit all these different ideas of what could possibly happen. And, and I also, when I'm performing, even in a live show, it's really interesting. And, and, and other entertainers have discussed this. But I'm when I'm performing on stage, even in the virtual shows, I really and taking a out-of-body, in a way, view on the show. So I really look at the show as a third person. And so all the visuals in the show, the moments, the times that I'm looking at the audience, the times that I'm connecting with the audience, or even the effects that I'm doing, I'm viewing it as if, if I was in the audience, what would it look like? So when I was talking thinking about the rose, I was like, if I was in the audience watching Taylor do something, what would I want to see? And so I'm like, oh, it'd be cool if she had this rose. And then the rose was on fire, but it's still beautiful and doesn't, nothing damaged. And so now you have this rose that's just on fire, burning. And you're just like, but it's still, nothing's happening to it. And then she's now holding the fire. Now it just looks like it's permeating from her. It's just coming from her, this magic and this fire. And so when I describe that, um, And of course, I I speak also in in a lot of pictures and I kind of discuss like, okay, now she's holding the fire and the flame is just barely. And like, as I'm describing it, you can visualize it. And so because they can visualize it, it's like, done. That's it. And so as we had, you know, our our production meeting was probably like 20, 30 minutes. And so we're throwing all these ideas out and they're like, and then finally, when I talk that one, they're like, that's it. That's the one. Let's do that one. And I'm like, great. How do I do this? You know, like, and so, um, so that's kind of the situation with, with Taylor. So when you're, when you're going about creating, um, I think magic and experiences, looking at it from the audience point of view is something I think important. So like even in these virtual shows, the goal was how do you get production value while you are watching a um, show online? Right. And so I took, I think, as far as the authenticity goes i decided in the set not to have like red draped curtains to make it appear as if i'm on a stage in a theater because i feel like that's so inauthentic like people know you're at home in your garage or whatever right like they you know so i didn't want that i wanted it to look like this is where i live and that's really good. But I also wanted the production value. So at the end of my shows, you know, I have a confetti launcher and confetti is coming down and the new production we're doing, we're adding smoke machines We're like, like we're adding, but not to be like over the top cliche, but just like finding ways where that production value can be utilized. So that way you're giving people an experience from home. Like, Oh my gosh, I'm watching a live show happen in real time and uh and and be still authentic to the space and what you're trying to present so it's it's interesting
1: trying to create those moments wow oh that's beautiful i love uh i love the approach of looking at it from the audience's point of view and kind of having a little bit of a an out-of-body experience if you will and and really looking from a different angle than the one from stage that's a that's a great takeaway This podcast is brought to you by Penji. Penji is an unlimited graphic service that connects you with the top 2% of graphic designers in the world. Get the creative output of an internal design team without the overhead cost. Receive custom design projects from logos to flyers, from digital print, and even UI UX. I know because I've used them. They're Perfect for for graphic design service if you're the person that's either doing all the graphic design yourself, or maybe you have an internal team that's just too busy and you need to outsource some of it. I've used them in creating our latest project, a 42-page ebook on productivity for coaches and consultants. It turned out fantastic. I've been very impressed with the overall communication and delivery. And what's great about Penji is that you're not just working with one designer's skill or style. Your team's skills can be treated like a Design buffet. You can request a logo, custom illustrations, and even a website design all under one plan. This is because I need that level of flexibility, and it's hard to find that by f- hiring a freelancer online. And not to mention, the longer you work with Penji, the more they learn about your style and the brands you work with. Because you're a listener of Humanly Possible, the podcast, you get 15% off your first month. The process is simple. Before you sign up, enter the code H2H15. That's H number two, H 15. And once you're in, submit your brief for the first project. I recommend submitting clear details so your brief is totally understandable and add visual examples so the team can see your style and knows exactly what you're looking for. Need a few edits? You can make revisions directly on the platform. Projects are always delivered in under 48 hours. And overall, I was super impressed with the process that it ended up giving me more time throughout my day. I felt confident that Penji was going to get it right and I didn't have to micromanage. So head over to penji.co and use the code H2H15 today for a better way to outsource your graphic design. Again, that's penji.co and use the code H2H15. As you're looking into the future and you're thinking about the perhaps a shift that you're going to need to make or will make, what do you see? Wow. That's a great question too. Um,
0: I, I see that these digital, um, the digital world, obviously we know, and the virtual shows That are now happening to the entertainment in the entertainment world um, are just going to get stronger, and um, I'm now faced with this decision of how much I go all into it. And I feel like I'm going to go almost all into it. I'll still do shows live in person, um, but I will probably doing do more virtual shows than those than the shows in person. And I mean, over the last. Six months, I've done over 220 virtual shows, and that's in the last six months. And I had never done a virtual show prior to April, right? Like, so what, you know what I did, um, and how I started doing these virtual shows. I was set to do a tour that I was calling 35 and 35, and I was I challenged myself to do 35 shows in 35 days in 35 different cities. And the whole tour was scheduled across the west coast of the United States and we were all set. And then that was supposed to take off on April 1st. So then here comes March and mid March quarantine lockdown. And in two days, the whole tour was canceled. And I mean. Okay. And I, ha- I was faced with the decision of, okay. And again, none of us at that time knew how long this was going to be. We kind of thought, okay, it's two weeks, maybe a month. And then by summer, we no one thought, everybody everything's going to be normal. So I'm like, okay, well, do I, do I postpone it to the summer? Do I Can I? Well, I have a month off. Cool. Like, And then I thought, no, no, I'm going to do the tour anyways. I'm going to do it all streaming. So I streamed a different magic show every day. And it was kind of fun. It was like, hey, days. Day one, i suppose, supposed to be in Palm Springs here. Today's day two. suppose, supposed to be in Phoenix and day three, whatever. And on the last day, we had over a thousand people from all over the world watching the show. And it just grew and it grew. And I had people every day send me emails, messages on social saying, thank you so much. My kids look forward to this every single night. My kids, it's time for the magic show. It's time for the magic show. And so what I ended up doing is, to to answer the the question, uh, what I ended up doing was I was thinking, how do I give this experience and open it up for other people to enjoy this show virtually? And so I decided instead of just hosting my shows every night and people come in, it's like, no, you can host a show yourself. And so then that way you can invite your friends and family because you could tell someone, hey, I really want you to watch this thing. And they may or may not. But when you say, hey, I'm actually throwing this party, I want you to come, they're more apt to come. So what has happened is just by word of mouth, I've never ever put it on socials, schedule a virtual show purely by word of mouth. I said, hey, I'm going to do these virtual shows on one of my live streams. And I filled, which is now, you know, 200 private virtual events uh, over through the summer and now into the fall. And I guess, again, to go back and answer that question is that shifts always will happen in life. You always have to shift, right? And it's okay if you shift and you realize, ooh, this was wrong. Then you just shift again and you correct. It's a constant balance. It's not a right or a wrong decision it's a decision that you make and then see if it's working out best for you and then if it is keep going and if it's not adjust so i think all of life is about adjustments and we've all had a face an adjustment process over the last um year and um for me that shift took place it was great and now coming out of this it's how much more am i just going to um how much more time am i going to devote to it to just really turn it into something um, even more amazing. And, and then on top of that, I now have something new. I think it's like plate spinning. Life is like plate spinning, you know? So I had the cruise ship market and that plate spinning was going and I was on the cruises a lot and that's spinning great. And now it was like, Oh, I was doing casinos too. That plate spinning good. I did some corporate and it's wobbling, but I'm still going fat. that. And Oh, I'm doing my magic Academy and that one's going. And then now virtual shows, I didn't even know there was another plate, but okay, get the stick. And, and now all that is taking place and it's, where do you want to put the energy? Where do you want to put the time? And I think that's the shift that's going to happen um, within, within inter- live entertainment. And, I, and it's not going to go away. It's live, Virtual shows and live entertainment is just going to get bigger and stronger. And I know uh, many people who sell thousands of tickets um, regularly doing virtual shows right now, currently. They sell thousands of tickets all the time, and um, and like I said, I've, I've performed for thousands of people and done two hundred and twenty something virtual shows since April. Um, so that shift coming up, I think is going to just be more of a commitment to making making
1: those better. That's awesome. So um, where can everybody find you?
0: Um, I'm on the internet. <laughs> Uh, You know what? Uh, My Instagram is at Alex Ramon on Facebook, Alex Ramon. My website is alexramonmagic.com. So if any of the listeners do want to schedule a virtual show, they can uh, go to the website and click on the link schedule virtual show. And here's about authenticity that I'm going to tell you. Um, All of those virtual shows that I do are at no cost. They're all at no cost. So if you want to schedule a virtual show, absolutely do it um i have some slots available uh in october november and then i have a stunt i'm doing the stunt coming up at the end of october that we're going to live stream and then i have my big show that it will be the first show that i sell tickets for in december uh so i do have october november some virtual show private virtual show dates available it's all online on my website um but uh yeah that's uh that's what's going on over here but you can find me say hi uh, say that you uh, you saw me on the on the podcast, uh, Humanly
1: Possible, and uh, I'd love to chat with you. Thank you so much, Alex. I, I appreciate you spending the time with, with me and everybody else here, uh, telling everybody about your story and all the different shifts you've made and how, how things are going to be progressing along the way. And I can't wait to see uh, all the new magic that you will create in the world. Thank you.
0: And you know what? If I can... There's this one last thing about shifting. And I just want to say this. And if I don't have like a life motto, but if I did, this is kind of what it is. Is that, you know, I live every single day with the with knowing that the greatest thing I'm going to accomplish in life, I still haven't done yet. And when you take that perspective on life, you can't not be excited every day when you wake up. So know that. I'm excited. I'm excited for the future. Why? Because I'm going to do something great. I don't even know what it is. I don't know when it's going to happen, but it's going to happen. And uh, and that's what makes me
1: look forward to doing what I'm doing. Brilliant way to end. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining us this week. If you love this episode, please subscribe. We love having subscribers just like you. Download a few more episodes. And if you feel moved, we would so appreciate a review. I'd love to also hear your key takeaway. What impacted you from this episode? You can tweet me your answer and reach out on Twitter at Brian Kramer. That's Brian with a Y, Kramer with a K. And definitely be sure to join us in our Facebook group. We have just under 3,000 humans just like you and me looking to connect even more imperfectly. Until next time.